It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. Oh my God! Welcome, everybody, to the Doc and Jock Wrestling Podcast. This is episode 70. On today's show, we'll give you a little insight into what's going on with Jay White. He's the new IWGP champion over in New Japan. A Perfect 10 asks for his release from WWE. We've got the inside scoop on what's going on there. Also, possible retirement match for this Olympic athlete. Of course, we're going to review Raw and SmackDown as well as get you caught up on what took place at the Elimination Chamber and who won calling the card this week. Doing the show with me, as always. He's the one. He's the only. I can't wait to hear what music he comes into. He is the Doc John Macaroon. What's up, cuz? Can you guess who that is? Is that Champa's music? Alistair Black. Is Very close. Black? Welcome, Cuz. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Lots of interesting news and notes on Raw and SmackDown and the world of wrestling. With each week, like you said, some new wrestlers are requesting their re- release, and uh, you can sense that uh, the roster is kind of bloated, and you're realizing now that anytime someone new comes up, you got to make your mark. And Alistair Black's entrance is really cool. It grabs your attention. It really does. Uh, side note, I was, I was at work earlier this morning, and CM Punk's theme song came on, and I was like, ooh, CM Punk, his return has been confirmed. (laughs) Got me excited for a quick minute. Also, programming note, I will be out of the country uh, next week and the following week, so doing the show will be John and... Special, special guest. guest. Yes. Yeah, we're going to we're going to leave them unnamed right now. So, it'll be, it'll I'll be, be missing time. 2 weeks. I'll be missing the the uh, Fastlane preview. I will be back for the Fastlane results and review, but we'll have somebody guest pick for me as long as it's all on the up and up and nobody's sabotaging me. We'll do all that. Uh speaking on of up and ups and 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 pay-per-views here. Let's get into the elimination chamber and let's go over some quick results. We opened with another awesome Buddy Murphy match. Uh, he retained over Tazawa. I thought this was a really good match. I have no idea why these guys are relegated to the op- uh, to the to the to the kickoff show. And on top of all that, you cut backstage during their match to show this New Day vignette while this match is going on. It like total disrespect for these guys. I, I just don't understand it. These guys need to be moved up the card. There are other guys and other matches you could have put in this spot. Yet you choose not to. 100%. That's one thing I think 
that could be improved in the production value is stop going away to vignettes during matches. I yeah. mean, people do pay attention to the pre-show, and guys like Buddy Murphy and Tazawa are putting together quality matches. Let's feature them a little bit more, and they're just not doing it. This was probably the second best match on this entire card, yes. and they don't get the respect they deserve. Uh, Sasha Banks started the match. Sasha Banks and Bailey started the match against Mandy Rose and Sonya, and much to my surprise, these were the last two teams in the Elimination Chamber. Now, they were fighting for the new WWE Women's Tag Team belts. In the end, Sasha forces a tap out and eliminates Mandy and Sonya. Thus, your new WWE Women's Tag Team champions are Sasha and Bayley. I thought this was the right call. I thought this was the right move. I, these these two women have been in it since day one. They've been underutilized on Raw. They have been underutilized just basically since they've been called up from NXT. I think this is the right move. And it was a great way to kick off the show. The Elimination Chamber was wow. It was great to see. You know, these women went all out. And uh, at least, okay, I picked Tamina and Nia Jax to win. I thought that they would go heel here. But they didn't. And if it wasn't going to be them, Sasha and Bayley, no problem at all. You can... You can move forward with them and great storylines going ahead. And, and they needed uh, a title. And, and, and I do uh, kind of find it funny, though, that they keep calling them the first women's tag team champs when they've done it before. Yeah, they have done it a long they time ago. They have had it. It's like, uh, okay. It's so weird. Do you think that now people forgot about it? WWE <laughs> rewrites their history all the time. But whatever. It was a good match. I, originally, just originally when, I was writing the, when I was writing notes out, I was like, the first. W, I was like, nope. Backspace, backspace, backspace. They are not the first. They are not the first. Uh, the Usos ended up defeating Shane McMahon and The Miz as Jimmy rolls up The Miz after hitting the skull-crushing finale. He performed a lazy cover, and that kind of got him in trouble. That's why he suffered the pin. I'm not sure about you. A little surprised that The Usos won, especially coming off of a of a uh, a, a week where uh, I believe it was Jimmy tried to fight some Detroit police officers. <laughs> that was a great story, huh? After being loaded. My, I think Jimmy and Jay both have a drinking problem. Because yeah. they have both been in numerous issues. I think wrestlers in general sometimes well, have tricky problems yes. because it's like you're in a carnival and it just sometimes it's really <laughs> it tough. Is. It's the best way to describe it. Yeah, you're traveling all over the world and you know one day you're in Cleveland, next day in Toledo, and you basically got to wrestle six days a week, mm-hmm. and it's just it can grind on you. And two. When people talk about stories, when you have these wrestlers go out on the road or they're on radio shows or podcasts, what do they talk about? Legendary drinking tales, yeah. you know, going from town to town and things like that. It's kind of one thing that's been passed on. Now, I can get it. I can understand having fun, but you got to keep it under control and you can't be doing that stuff. Dude, you don't get out of a car, take off your shirt, yeah, exactly. square up to fight a police officer and him be like, yeah. I will tase your ass. And you're like, yeah, probably not a good idea. See, I, I picked them to win the Usos, but yeah. I just kind of felt like it would be. Uh, as a result of Shane McMahon and The Miz breaking up. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, that's not the case. But I think giving the Usos the belt is fine. They're worthy. They're great. Uh, they got a great gimmick. I like their music when they come out. I think they're awesome. I just think they're that they got issues. Team. But yeah, I don't think sometimes we all think that they should get punished. But in the end, uh, that was part of the plan. I think yeah. this was uh, pre-written and it just carried out as to what they, they, do, they wanted to do with the Usos. Do you think this loss is going to be one of the foundational pieces for what does break up Shane and The Miz? I hope so, because for me personally, um, while it's great to see Shane McMahon climb to the top and destroy people, you know, Dude, jumping off. He was off, so blown up in that match. Exactly. I just don't want to see him. He's not in shape. He's not a superstar. You no. know, I'd rather see Rusev on a card. I'd rather yeah. see others uh, involved in the mix, the B team, others like, uh, you know, the Revival. I'd rather see other people involved in these matches, and, and they're giving time to the McMahon family again. It, it's funny that you say Rusev. I think Rusev and The Miz would be a great tag team. Yeah. I think they'd be awesome to watch. Exactly. I think it'd be great. 
Finn Balor ends up outlasting both Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush to win the Intercontinental Championship. Now, this is his first belt since he lost uh, the WWE Universal Championship back when I think he had it for just one day, had it for less than 24 hours, had to, had to relinquish it because he uh, tore his labrum in his shoulder. Now, towards the end of this match, uh, Rush tags himself in as Lashley's going for his finisher. And this is the whole thing that led to Bobby Lashley losing his belt. At the very, very end of the match, match, Lashley obliterates Rush. Now, going into Monday Night Raw, I thought this was the end of this relationship. Apparently, it was not. We'll discuss that when we get to Monday Night Raw. But congrats for Finn for pulling a great win. Well-deserved, I think, going into WrestleMania. Finn Balor with a title, having a match at WrestleMania will be awesome. Absolutely. Now, this is probably probably one of the, the bigger highlights of the evening, right? We, we had a lot of really good matches in this show. Overall, I think it was a very good pay-per-view. Ronda Rousey taps out Ruby Riot. This happens rather quickly. The whole time Charlotte's looking on from the sideline, Charlotte gets into the ring with Rousey, and they start jawing with each other, going back and forth. Enter Becky Lynch, who comes hobbling in on crutches. So the man limps, limps into the ringside area on her crutches. She then joins the two in the ring as the crowd just explodes with Becky chants. Lynch then takes out her frustration on Charlotte Flair and beats the shit out of her with her crutch. Just works her over. The whole time, Ronda Rousey is just watching mouth agape, just like, what the hell's going on? In the end, Ronda grabs a crutch and is getting ready to go work over Charlotte Flair. This is when Becky blasts her in the back, and the man continues to unload on both of them until she's escorted out of the arena. Now, if you watch this take place, there were some absolutely brutal shots. Ronda got hit in the head with the crutch. You could see the crutch bend around her skull. You could see it with Charlotte, where she put up her arm to block the crutch, and the crutch just forms around her arm, and you could just see the bruises up and down her arm and on her shoulder. There was quite a bit of real blood, like like not them cutting themselves or blading. It, it was legit from getting hit with these crutch shots. So Becky really fucked them up. Yeah. Like, really fucked them up. I thought this was awesome. It was great. Um, It, it takes a lot as a competitor to really trust your other competitor, you you, you got to give them your body. And Ronda and Charlotte both gave Becky their body. Now, the attack post-match, as you're describing it, awesome. Yes, it definitely hypes up the match for WrestleMania, however it's going to play out. But for me, I looked at it from a different tone in that I was disappointed in that you have Ruby Riot, who you've elevated, and then you squash her at a pay-per-view. And don't yep. let her. Basically, she took uh, bumps for Ronda Rousey. Yep. And I'm sitting there going... This is Ruby Riot. I think she has an opportunity to be a legit star and Two have a good match. Two days in a row. Yeah. Two days in a row because they came back on Monday and they repeated it just quicker this time. So It was stupid. I, I just found it uh, distasteful a little bit because I think Ruby Riot is a contender. And you don't have to have her win, but you don't have to get squashed. Mm-hmm. And that's the part I say, well, okay, Ronda Rousey – fine she's doing her thing and uh i like the fact that she's in the mix now with these two other women but i just think that unfortunately for ronda rousey i would have liked her to be a little bit more elevated in terms of her her place and it just feels like it's becky lynch charlotte flair and then ronda rousey in the mix yep. and it shouldn't be that way no. with where ronda rousey is and it's because of the fact she can't do a promo and she has botches in her matches mm-hmm. unfortunately her matches are great they're aggressive she it's interesting because she's a newbie but at this point in time you don't judge her against herself. You judge her against the best. And her compared to Charlotte Flair wrestling-wise is no comparison. Absolutely. And going back to Ruby Riot, Ruby Riot's one of those performers, one of those superstars where if you had a secondary women's title, 
she legitimately could Deserve hold something. that. Yeah, exactly. Like she is good enough. She's great in the ring. She cuts an awesome promo. She's got an awesome look, and yet she's fodder for Ronda. Frustrating if you're a fan of Ruby Riot. Uh, Baron Corbin, with the help of Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley, crushed Braun Strowman in a no DQ match. Pretty much what it was. Uh, Daniel Bryan outlast AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Kofi Kingston, Samoa Joe, and Jeff Hardy to retain his belt. He did all of this when he delivered a running knee to the final competitor, who was Kofi Kingston. This was an awesome match. Again, elevating Kofi, helping push Kofi up even more. Daniel Bryan hits the running knee, pins Kofi, game over, match over. This was awesome. This is what you were talking about, where you elevate a superstar. They don't have to win, but you elevate a superstar. And the crowd loved Kofi. Yes. They were cheering throughout the entire match. Kofi, Kofi. And there were times where you could entertain the notion that, wow, Kofi could win this thing. It was amazing to see. And he, he went all out, jumped off the, uh, the glass there. It was sweet. He did a great job. He was awesome. Like you were saying, guy doesn't have to win. But this right here, this is great because this sets up a storyline now for Fastlane. Originally, Daniel Bryan had no idea what direction he was going in with his character. He had no idea who he was going to face. This, this all started because of the fans. It, it, was, it was give Kofi a, a chance. It was Kofi mania. It was like all these hashtags on Twitter. And the crowd's reaction to Kofi Kingston is why he is now challenging Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship at Fastlane. I think this is awesome. I think it's a great story. This is, this is a guy who has busted his ass for 11 years. Finally getting an opportunity. Exactly. Unfortunately, it, he's not going to win, but I don't see any scenario in which he wins the match, but he can have a great match yes. and tell a great story. And he, he's done a phenomenal job. All right, calling the card. I've got four out of six predictions right. We did not do the Buddy Murphy match because that was added later. We both would have picked Buddy Murphy anyway. Yes. So. While you ended up getting 50% right, you got three correct. So I'll take the point. I increased my lead to nine to seven and a half right now. All right, let's move into Raw. So Raw was a little bit weird. And there was a lot of new talent brought up from NXT. And it was announced with, by Triple H, just kind of, okay, here they are. With their belts, too. Yeah. Like, like this seems really weird, seems really disconjoint, really disjointed. And the crowd that they did all this with is not the crowd that you introduce new people from NXT Lafayette, to. Lafayette, Louisiana is a terrible, probably the worst crowd of the year. Well, I don't want to say they're the worst. You're right. They might be the worst crowd of the year because of this Raw. It's a post-pay-per-view. You got these new guys coming out, but and this- these guys are legendary. When they announce that DIYs coming out there to have a match, and you realize against the Revival, they should have been up and cheering the entire match. It's like these guys were nowhere near but you, the, 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 fan, the level of fan that you wanted for these guys. You are... You're 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 a smart, right? Mm-hmm. You're a smart mark. Mm-hmm. You know what's going on. You watch all of this stuff. You read about this stuff. You go sit down on the toilet and get lost for thirty minutes because you end up reading an article that Meltzer put out there or that somebody else put out there, Ryan Satin put out there. You're a smart mark. That fan base in oh. Lafayette, Louisiana, they're there to see guys that you see regularly. Finn Balor. Right. They if you if, Dean you, if, Ambrose. if you watched who they pop for, it was the guys that they're already invested in those storylines because they show up every single week. Now, when Alistair Black comes out or Johnny Gungardo or, or, or Tomasa Ciampa, whoever, Ricochet comes out, we're like, oh, hell yeah, this is going to be awesome, right? Because we know what they can do because we've seen them on NXT. That was the wrong crowd to introduce these guys to. That it was What this was was we our need rating, bodies. We need bodies and our no, ratings are bad. Our ratings are so bad. We need to push people. We need to bring up some NXT guys and get them on TV. We need to boost our ratings by any means. That's a right or wrong move. Wrong move. Wrong, absolutely wrong move. 
Tell me why these new guys from NXT are getting to go out there and have matches when you've got guys... Hey, you said you were calling up EC3. Where has he been? What, what has uh, Heavy Machinery been doing besides dancing around at the top of the stage? Where are all these other teams? Uh, Lars Sullivan, I know he's having a mental breakdown somewhere, but what the hell? Like, Where are these guys that you brought up roughly a month ago that haven't seen the inside of the ring? Yet, you're going to bring up four new guys? I just would have brought up these... Ricochet. That's it. That guy's ready. Right. Ricochet's ready to be a star. The others could have just stayed at NXT because those guys were deserving of vignettes, yeah. who these guys are, highlight packages. And, and one thing I was thinking about as I was and reading— these four guys get to wrestle back-to-back yeah. nights. Yeah, and I, I was thinking, too, is that, you know, they have WWE. One thing that is definitely supremely above everybody else is they have so many followers across their various social media platforms— you don't have to have everything aired on TV. No. Dude, Aleister Black can do a vignette on WWE Twitter, on, on YouTube, and a lot of people are going to see it. And I think you can use those avenues to get these guys over. You don't think Johnny Gargano and Tomasa Ciampa could have a video and say DIYs coming and, and a million people could see yep. it across their various social media platforms, YouTube, Twitter, the, way the network? Was, the way it was promoted. Poor. Which it wasn't. Just Triple H droning on and on and on and Honestly. on. Honestly. The, the only way I knew that, that Gargano and Ciampa were wrestling, because I was in the middle of getting stuff ready for my next day at work, right? Yeah. The only way I knew about it is you sent me a, a text. You said, interesting open to Raw. And I said, what's going on? Is it shit? And you said, no, uh, DIY is going to face the Revival tonight. And I was like, Johnny Wrestling and Tommaso Ciampa? And you were like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like. Fuck. Yeah. Like I had to stop everything I was doing and go run and turn it on real quick. Yeah. Just to kind of pick up where everything was at because I was gonna watch it all off of my DVR. <laughs> but I had to run and I had to go pick up in the middle of what was going on because I was like, what the hell is happening? There was no promotion. Nothing. Just these guys were thrust into matches. It it, it was and on top of it, it was poor booking. <laughs> like you're doing it in front of a crowd. That doesn't know who these guys are. Not even clapping. Don't doesn't even care who these guys are. That's the worst part. Like they had, they gave zero pisses about who any of these dudes were, right? And these guys, you and I both know, all four of these guys are freaking awesome. Yet that crowd had no clue who they were. There was no promotion for any of this. They got thrust into matches with guys, and half the time the matches made no sense. Like what are we fighting for? When you put a wrestling match together. There's a few things that make a really good wrestling match. Let's go over them really, really quickly because I think WWE has forgot. Generally, you need a good guy and you need a bad guy. That's how this works, okay? You then have to be fighting for something or over something, okay? Generally, the good guy will feel disrespected by the bad guy or the bad guy will have a championship and the good guy wants it, okay? That's generally how this works. There's a reason for this conflict, not, oh, hey, I showed up on uh, on Raw tonight, and uh, I'm going to get paired with Finn Balor, and me and Finn Balor are going to go take on Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. Yeah, the same Leo Rush that Bobby Lashley just obliterated the night before. Please explain to me why these two are a tag team tonight, and then Balor and Ricochet, how they're just buddies. Now, mind you, they did a great job wrestling together. They played off each other incredibly well. I think they're both pros pros. That's why. But none of it makes sense. That there's no reason for Ricochet to even care about Bobby Lashley or Leo Rush or what the hell Finn Balor's got going on. It doesn't make any sense. Now, DIY, okay, fresh off their NXT call-up to the, to the main roster, they're going to take on the Revival. Now, here's the deal. If you were smart and you did your job and you produced something to show 
some of the epic matches these two teams had in NXT, it all makes sense. And then you give that as your promo to the lead-up to this match, it makes sense. That makes sense. You get it. You're like, okay, cool. These guys have a history where they hated each other in NXT. Now these guys are here. They're going to go to it. Awesome. But you have to, like, honestly, and it's not one of those ones where you just, it's like a three-minute uh, uh, vignette or a clip. No, no, no. You need, like, a good five to seven minutes to show the history Man. between these two teams because it was so freaking incredible in NXT. Some of the best NXT matches were between these two goddamn teams, mm-hmm. yet WWE can't figure it out. Now, Aleister Black, who the hell is Aleister Black? Who? Does anybody know who Aleister Black is? Unless you watch NXT, you don't know. Unless you pay attention to, to, to all the other stuff that goes on with wrestling, you have no idea who Aleister Black is. Why is he fighting Elias? Exactly. Why? Why? They're, they're kind of similar, and they've, they've had battles in NXT. But, but, but why? They know each other. But, they're familiar. Okay, so, like, I, hey, cool. You, like, Phil, your buddy Phil, right? I know Phil, okay? I've met Phil, like, three times. Never really hung out with Phil, but I, I know of Phil, okay? Does that, does that make for a compelling reason for me to go fight Phil? Because I know he exists. <laughs> well, here's the exactly. And it doesn't. What, what you're trying to say is, uh, besides Ricochet, because Balor and Ricochet defeated Lashley and Rush, you have DIY defeat the Revival, who are the tag champs, which lowers them. Yes. And then you have Aleister Black going over on Elias, which you realize, okay, I think the thing that, from the perspective of the guys that are already on the roster, why are you putting over guys from NXT so fast? Yeah. It, it's, it's unfortunate in that Where the hell is EC3? Why, why, why can't he get a match? Exactly. Like, you got these guys coming up. Now, no, look, nothing against any of these guys because I think they're all incredible. I think they're all freaking awesome. Okay. Where, where are the guys that you promised us months ago? Like, like, what, what, what's the one chick who does absolutely nothing, but she comes out and interrupts everybody's match? Lacey Evans. Yes, her. Thank you. She's now going to be a manager, maybe? I, what, exactly. What is she doing? Exactly. No, nobody knows. She was in, she was in the, in the Women's Royal Rumble. She did a very good job. I thought she, she competed very well. Uh, a couple botches. But it's what it is. No big deal. Nobody's perfect in, in, in those matches anyways. All right? Why isn't she wrestling? You have a very thin roster for the women. Why isn't she wrestling? You can give the women one match per hour if you really wanted to. There's nothing that says they only get one match a night. You can give them two matches every single episode of Raw and every single episode of SmackDown. It's okay. They generally do a good enough job. They're not horrible. They're actually really, really good. Sometimes your women are better than some of your men that you promote and you push. It, it just Raw felt weird. Raw was 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 different. It, it felt like it was just very rushed. It, it felt like it was a a a a try to get a ratings boost, and it fell flat. Very flat. Desperate. It, it seemed desperate, and it wasn't done right. And at the expense of guys on the roster, because how do teams like the B team or you know other tag teams don't get time on? On WWE, and, and look, you know, you got Kurt Hawkins, you got Zack Ryder. They they need to push. Yeah, I just think that the way that they're underutilized, I just see more people requesting their release. They can't be that happy. Yeah. And exactly, you don't have EC3 on the show. Okay, you know, when you have them on two weeks, look, and then one one week off is weird. Look, let me ask you this. Okay, I'm a huge EC3 fan, so I'm I'm a little bit biased here. Yeah, but the, the, does the guy not have the look? Yeah, in does, terms does of character not, development, does he not look like he's built like a freaking superhero? Yeah, he's got a good look. Is the guy not great on the stick? I wouldn't know that based on what what they've showed us. Right. Here's the thing. He's awesome with a promo. You guys get a chance. Go look up anything he did when he was in Impact. Exactly. It it was freaking amazing. He never gets flustered. He never flubs a line. And if he does flub a line, he just rolls right on with it, and you don't even know. Exactly. He is awesome. His in-ring work. So if John Cena, if we're going to make John Cena's in-ring work 
What do you want to make? You want to make it average? Yeah. Make it middle of the road? He is better than John Cena in ring, okay? The guy has moves. The guy can work around a ring. He can do stuff. You know, he's not Seth Rollins. Very few guys in WWE are Seth Rollins, okay? But he's not horrible. He's not a guy who's going to bring down uh, a match or, or, or make it less than what it is. You know, pick your worst wrestler. He's not that guy. Pick the guy who you do not like to watch. He's not that guy. He's got the look. He's got the build. He's got the charisma. Let the guy go out there and work. It just doesn't make sense. Why is he in the back doing vignettes with Dana Brooke? Like, Dana Brooke could go on a milk cart and nobody cares to find her. There could be a $100 billion reward. Nobody gives a shit. It, it, just, it makes no sense the way they book some of these guys. It felt very rushed and, and horrible. Now, SmackDown, on the other hand, it, it seemed like a more conducive show. It seemed like it had uh, a little bit of a flow to it. Like, they thought some things out. They're like, oh, cool, we screwed up Raw. Let's not screw up SmackDown is really what it felt like. Uh, your first match of the ma- uh, first na- match of the night was pretty solid. It was Aleister Black. He ended up beating up Andrade. Now, these two, these two have a history in NXT. Aleister Black took the NXT Championship off of Andrade before Andrade came up to the main roster. So this was awesome. This was a back and forth matchup. It was quick. It was it was solid open ace. Yeah, very good. It was awesome. It was awesome and. Aleister Black caught Andrade with a black mask out of nowhere, which is a finish. He just kicked him right in the face. Honestly, just, whoa, what just happened? Exactly. He was knocked out. Next, you got a good match between Tommaso Ciampo and Johnny Gargano when they took on the bar. Now, you had a little background in this match because Ciampa and Gargano are in the back, and then the bar comes up and starts talking shit. Exactly. And it's like, okay, cool. You've got you've got your story, right? You've got two guys who are coming from NXT, and now the bar are like, what are you guys doing here? Nobody exactly. cares about you. Get out of here. Now, I think Cesaro could have did a better job selling some of this build, yep. but it's what it was. In the end, you get a decent match. The new guys get the win. It's what it is. Did you think it was weird that the new guys had to sell almost the entire match? Yeah, I just I think that uh, you know I don't know how you get new guys over when they're selling the entire match. The idea is though you have to put over the bar too that they're talented that you don't just walk in and handle your business. So you know sometimes in matches you got to get over and sometimes the bar had to get their stuff over, but they end up losing the match. But you're gonna have a fluke win, right? That's what that was. It it was a fluke win. It was a fluke roll up win by Champa on Mm -hmm. on Cesaro. So you're gonna have a fluke win. Why did these guys have to? I think it was like a 20 minute match. Why did these guys have to sell for 18 and a half of it? Sometimes you build a narrative of, look, these guys can take a whooping and keep on ticking and still get the W. So the psychology behind it is, hey, these guys can take a beating and can sell and show that, hey, we can uh, you know, put over these guys' moves. Because I think you know, when they're evaluating the back, how much they sell is important. You've got to be able to take a beating a little bit. I, I agree with that. I just I feel for new guys, for, for brand new guys, right? And, and the bar is established, and the bar is good. I think we both agree for SmackDown, the bar is, what, a top three mm-hmm. tag top three, team? No doubt. So you've got these new guys, and the new guys have to get their ass handed to them for almost the entire match. Like, like let the, too much. You felt like it was too much. Yeah, okay. let the new guys get some work in. And here, this is what what is a little bit alarming too. Cesaro and Sheamus tower over Ciampa yeah, and Gargano. The big difference in like, it, yeah, that was noticeable. Amazing how big those two guys are compared to those two guys. Yeah, it, it was crazy. What'd you make of the Ricochet match? Highlight of the week, man. I like you liked I, it? I like Ricochet. I like his, you know, because I, I didn't really know much about him. I definitely watched the Halftime Heat show, mm-hmm. and then you saw the highlight packages because they did highlight Ricochet a little bit in on Raw, mm-hmm. and they showed some of his moves and what he's capable of doing. 
I like Ricochet. I think he's action pace, good change of pace, and I think he's got the charisma similar to Finn Balor, and he's just a high flyer. He brings something different to the table, and I think he should be highlighted. He is what you would call an indie darling yes. playing on, on the main stage right now. He's doing well. Uh, the Ricochet is awesome. Now, for his match against Eric Young, this was my this was my piss break. This was my yeah. brush my teeth. This was my get ready for bed match. Yeah. And I don't know why. I think it had something to do with it being Eric Young. Yeah. And here's the thing. I like Eric Young. I think Eric Young is talented. I think he's underutilized in WWE. I, I've seen a lot of Eric Young's early work. I've seen a lot of Eric Young's later work when he was in Impact. I've seen all of Eric Young's work in WWE. It's been unimpressive. Very unimpressive. So I think maybe this was an opponent. I know of Ricochet. I know what Ricochet does. I've watched a lot of Ricochet matches. For me, I was like, hmm, not really invested here. Right. And I don't know. Again, the only thing I can point to is it was Eric Young. Right. And I feel bad about that, but that's what it was. Uh, Kofi Mania is very, very real. It's a very, very real thing. He's we, now over. He's so over You right better now. take advantage of it. He ended up winning the six-man tag match that was the main event. Uh, Kofi ended up pinning Daniel Bryan. So now, like we'd mentioned before, he's going to get his shot at Fastlane for the WWE title. I think it's the right move. I think it's the absolute right move. And when we get to news and notes, I'm going to give you a little insight of what's going on here and, and why. Overall, I think SmackDown was the better show. By far. Okay, we agree. So 46 to 27 and a half and a no credit. <laughs> Overall, I love the no credit. Uh, so SmackDown dominates yet again. Uh, match of the week. couple really good ones this week. As bad as Raw was and as bad as Raw was put together, the DIY, the, the DIY versus the Revival match was very, very good. Um, as well as on SmackDown, you had the Aleister Black versus Andrade match. Both very, very good. For me, it's one of those two matches. You can pick which one you want to watch. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think they were both excellent. News and notes? Would you like some? Hit me with this week's professional wrestling news and notes. What you got? Okay, so it's believed that Kofi Kingston is getting the Mustafa Ali treatment, which means Ali was destined for a huge push before his injury. This is weird because you have a guy who was getting set to, to really get that rocket strapped to his back, couple bad mistimed injuries. He's now sidelined. Kofi picks up the ball runs with it, and he's running super hard with it right now. Luck factor, baby. Yeah, th this is nuts. Right now, it, it's not believed that Daniel Bryan has a match for WrestleMania 35, which is weird. It's believed that they're going to Kofi and, and Daniel are going to take place at Fastlane. Fastlane. It's believed that this will carry over to WrestleMania. So you're going to get an extended storyline with Kofi and Daniel Bryan. And th this is a perfect example of a guy being given an opportunity, taking the ball, and Run running with, with it, it. Yep. as Vince likes to say, grabbing that brass ring. It, it's it's actually really, really awesome. It's very compelling. You almost feel bad for Mustafa Ali at this point because he was set for big things. Hopefully when he comes back, he can get back on the saddle and he can get that rocket strapped to his back. Uh, WWE is considering a retirement match at WrestleMania 35 for Kurt Angle. Uh, this comes from SE Scoops. They're generally pretty reliable when it comes to, to different news and reports and rumors. Uh, Lana and Rusev are now on YouTube. They're YouTube stars as they have started making videos for the largest video database. So you guys can go check those out if you're interested. According to uh, Wrestling Inc., WWE is re reportedly pitched an invasion angle to the Young Bucks. So when the Young Bucks contract was coming up with New Japan, 
they were debating on whether or not they're going to go with uh, AEW, which we all know they were, or they're going to go to WWE. And WWE was like, here, here's truckloads of money. Come over here. The report is it was going to be an invasion angle similar to NWO taking over WCW, which I think would have been interesting. I don't know how it would have worked, though. I just I don't know if, if that would actually work. They probably would have lost DIY week three. Yeah. <laughs> 50-50 booking for everybody. So the hottest news over the weekend, and me and you were going back and forth on uh, texting over all this, Corey Graves, who's getting a divorce from his wife, uh, it's being reported that he cheated on her with Carmella, and that's the reason for the breakup. His wife took to Facebook and Instagram to post the details of this, and uh, I believe since then the post has been pulled down as of Saturday night. In the uh, the elimination chamber, when Carmella got into the match, everybody started chanting Corey Graves. So it's out there. Everybody knows um, I, I guess good for Corey. I now, mean, way, way to screw your family up. He's got like four kids with this yeah. woman who sacrificed. Now, Corey took some heat because his ex was posting. But now, similar to situations where we got to wait until all the news comes out, it was reported that they have been separated for six months before this started happening. But, you know, the wife is very disgruntled mm-hmm. and she's unhappy and she shared text messages in which, you know, Corey was sending things like, hey, th- take this stuff down. WWE is going to sue. But in the end, you realize that, you know what, uh, Corey Graves and his relationship with Carmella was not going to play over with the ex. And it's very unfortunate because she stood by Corey as he struggled with concussions and things like that. But in the alcohol or drug problem as well. Exactly. She stood by him. And, uh, you know, you realize that maybe she shouldn't have took it to that level to post it publicly. But in the end, Corey Graves, I think, will survive it. He's talented. And in the end, I don't think WWE really cares that the wrestlers and the talent, you know, hook up and things like that as long as it's professional. Because, look, obviously, Triple H and Stephanie, when the big boss did it, there's no real uh, look. You know, I mean, moral high ground. You that know, they how can many take. chicks Vince's banged? Exactly. There's no moral high ground they're going to take. Yeah, it, it's what it is. It, it's incestual. One you, or two day social media fawn fodder, and that's it. You mentioned it. You're on the road six days a week with these people. Exactly. Right? You're going to hook up. Yes, it, it's what's going to happen. You put attractive men and attractive women together. It, it's like what is it? Temptation Island. You exactly. ever watch that after SmackDown? Exactly. It's what's going to happen. You're going to bang. The worst post was. I could never go on one of those. I ended up banging everybody. Corey Graves' ex posted. A, a happy birthday message that uh, Carmella sent to her daughter. So I was like, that's oh, kinda, heck no. That's kind of messed up. Messed up. It's kind of messed up. Uh, so the Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger, has asked for his release from WWE. Good it makes for sense. him. It makes Good sense. for him. He was underutilized. Totally. It, just, it was one of those weird things where people are saying, yeah, he kind of was meant to be enhancement talent, but his Perfect Ten gimmick got over, yeah. and then they did just totally botched it. Yep. Uh, so Jay White mentioned him at the opening of the show. He's the current IWGP champion in New Japan. Now, it's reported that he's getting the Kenny Omega treatment. So similar to Kofi Kingston, right? Kofi Kingston steps into the place of Mustafa Ali, grabs the ball, runs with it. Now, in New Japan, when Kenny Omega was going back and forth and started fielding offers from WWE and AEW before eventually signing with AEW, they had this six-month block planned out for Kenny Omega, maybe even longer than that, on all the matches he was going to uh, he was going to face and have and what belts he was going to win or lose. The way New Japan does things, they, they do long-term booking, unlike WWE where it changes every single week. It, Vince doesn't like it, so we're rewriting all of it in two hours. Let's go. Jay White has been placed in Kenny Omega's stead, so that's why he so quickly won the IWGP Championship. That's why he's going to take on Okada at uh, War of the Worlds. Or no, uh, Supercard, Super, uh, the, the ROH 
uh, New Japan uh, Supercar G1. Uh, so Jay White is now essentially your new Kenny Omega. It seems like a whole lot for a very, very young talent. Is he worthy of it? We'll see. I, I don't know. I like Jay White. I watched a lot of Jay White when he was in ROH. I think he's a much better wrestler now, but he's been given a whole lot and really hasn't had to earn it is the, kind of the way it feels. Now, when Kenny became, um, when Kenny Omega became head of the Bullet Club, Kenny Omega was the cleaner. He had his own thing going on. He had his own thing going on with uh, with the Young Bucks. He was there. He was a part of the of the Bullet Club. He had worked his way to that point, and he had had some of the best matches in New Japan. They weren't they weren't the five star matches that he put on with Okada, but he had some really awesome matches. So then when he took over Bullet Club, you're like, this makes sense. He is the guy. This makes sense. Jay White being given the keys to the Bullet Club, you're kind of like, oh, that's weird. He was just part of the chaos faction with Okada and now he's part of bullet club. Well, that's weird. And then him beating Tanahashi for the championship after Tanahashi was essentially a transitional champion from Kenny Omega to, to Jay white. You're just kind of like, Oh wow, that's weird too. So it really feels like there's a whole lot being heaped upon him. Kenny Omega was given things very quickly as well. Not as quickly as Jay white. It's just weird. Time will tell if he's, if he's worthy of it. Again, he's very good. I just don't know yet. Just don't know. That's Great recap. Great recap, man. Enjoy your time in Brazil. I look forward to catching up with you after Fastlane, where a lot of information will come out as to what WrestleMania will look like. So you'll miss Fastlane, but that's usually a transitional pay-per-view. Nothing major typically happens after Fastlane, but it should be a decent pay-per-view. And so enjoy your trip. We'll come back and maybe look out for some of those uh, Brazilian independent wrestling leagues and see if anything's out there. I'll see what's up over there. See if they got anybody. Uh, you know what? I've got a, I've got a brother-in-law who... He likes wrestling? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it's not just soccer. They like wrestling too. Follow Adam on Twitter at AdamRSTROZ. Follow the network at Detroit Podcast. I want to thank those that support the network. Definitely check out the Breaking Down the Ring podcast. They air live every single Wednesday at 9.15 on the Podcast Detroit platform. They air their shows on Periscope, so you can check out what's going on live as Mikey and the crew. The most inappropriate wrestling podcast airs, again, every Wednesday, 9.15. And definitely support Dennis and the crew at the Wrestling Perspective podcast. Dennis's podcast airs nationally, nationally syndicated, 100 different radio stations on the SB Nation radio platform. Check him out every single Friday. And his podcast and ours, we air on each other's network, the Wrestling Perspective Podcast Network. Absolutely, man. Putty loves uh, loves breaking down the ring. He, I think, tunes in every single week. He's in the mix. And and Dennis does a phenomenal job. There, I'll tell you this much. So I watch a lot of YouTube videos in regards to wrestling. There's a lot of different people out there. WrestleTalk does a great job. Uh, you guys go check them out. Great source for, for news and information, especially if you're trying to keep up on all of it and you have a busy schedule. Anyways, Dennis's podcast is referenced by WrestleTalk at least once a week. At least once a week. That's how much news and information he is breaking down and disseminating and putting out there for everybody. So check him out. He does a great job. Mikey, again, most inappropriate podcast ever. Check out DetroitSportsPodcast.com. We air Dennis's podcast. We've got interviews with Sammy Callahan from Impact, Ring of Honor World Champion. Matt Taven is on there, too. So definitely check us out. Uh, We work together, and Dennis is a great guy. At Dennis77Farrell. We'll talk to everybody next week on the Doc and Jock wrestling podcast oh my god
Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.